I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome back to Classic Ads from Simpler Times. My name's Steve Cook, and together with my co-host, award-winning advertising creative, and TV ad director Tony Williams. This week, you get to listen to us argue about who the target audience is for a 45-second TV ad with no people in it. You'll also get to decide whether I'm wrong about the working classes not being allowed to play with Lego because they have no imagination. There's a bit of a scoring tantrum as Tony's little face crumples when he discovers that someone's not quite the person that he thought they were. Join us as we travel back to the beginning of time when a classic sitcom climbed out of the primordial ooze of the British TV industry. A time when Terry and June was considered edgy and the country was so bereft of talent that the same person could play an animated rodent secret agent in one series and a deluded spiv fond of ripping people off down the market in another. Welcome to 1981, the year that gave us an anti-kipper ballistic missile in a Lego TV ad. Welcome back. What's the name of the Australian band? This thing, um, Dance Monkey? Dance for me, dance for me. Is no it called, it's called Tones and I, I think. Is it? Yeah. Are you going to dance for me? Nope. Not again, bitch. Right. Welcome back. Hello. Tony. Hello. 2021. Imagine, what did we used to think was going to happen in 2021? Because I know it certainly wasn't sitting around a table talking into a, a microphone about some work that somebody else did that we found interesting. I thought I was going to be in my flying car, reading books like Minority Report. I thought I was going to be in Minority Report. The year mm. is 1981. Especially Pete, Peter Sutcliffe, <gasps> the Yorkshire Ripper, the is Ripper. arrested. Is he? He's arrested. Because they missed him for a lot. Sorry, they missed him for a lot of times, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I, rem- um, I was... In 1981, I was 19, and I remember vividly my mum, because I lived in Leeds, obviously, and I remember vividly my mum refusing to go out on her own during that period. Unless he tried it. (laughs) She went out at least five times and nobody talked to her. 
Uh, Bucks Fizz won the Eurovision Song Contest. Because you're making your mind up. You gotta slow it down. You gotta do do do. You gotta um do do with a whole lot of nothing. I was singing it in the garage the other day. Do 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 because I'm making my mind up. You gotta do the dance as well. It's a great song. Yeah. Um, Where the, are they now? I think they've lost their fizz. They're more of a, like a I don't know a flat coke. They're probably still doing the club circuits, am I right? Ah, that'll be so, that tonight in a wholesome barrel. Ladies and gentlemen, the pasties are available at the, at the counter afterwards. Get your bingo cards before the turn starts. There's a group of them, but one original member from Box Fizz. Can, can you wheel him in now? <laughs> Making your mind up. This is me. This will this will ring a bell for you. Donkey Kong. Oh yeah, is released. Like an army with the barrels. Brilliant. Don't want a bit of Donkey Kong. Nine years old. Were you allowed to play Donkey Kong? No, it was on the arcade machines. But so, I did play Donkey Kong. Yeah. The first IBM personal computer is launched. It cost one thousand five hundred and sixty-five US dollars. How many megabytes did it have? Couldn't find out. Excuse me, because I remember I couldn't. My find first out. Mac had twenty megabytes. I was like, ooh. And is it Bill Gates made a famous said a, a famous quote? They said nobody's ever going to need more than 256 megabytes or something, or, or, or K. Um, I love that, the original IBM uh, quote from the IBM chairman. The global market for computers is six. Yeah, yeah. This is where it gets interesting. So at the time, we were um, we were all watching a soap opera called Triangle. Triangle? Do you remember Triangle? Mm, it's no. a BBC soap opera. Mm-hmm. Set aboard a North Sea ferry. No. No, it's hardly the Bermuda Triangle, was it? Apparently it was the worst soap opera ever. How long did it last? Three seasons. Bloody hell. On to the good stuff, though. Uh, oh, here we go. 1981 saw the wow, first wow, ever wow, wow. episode of Bergerac. Oh. Fond Do, memories. Yeah. Saturday night, Bergerac. I, I met John Nettles once. Anyway, that was it. Nice bloke. He's all right. Handed me a trophy. 1981 saw the first ever episode of Bullseye. Oh, da dum 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 Hey, you don't get nothing. That was it. Keep out the black and into the red. You don't get nothing for two in a bed. The Come and have one, a look. That's safe. That's going to charity. You've got the time it takes for the board to evolve to make your mind up. In one. We've got an ICS key box so all the family can have fun. In two, with kids. Tricycle to have fun on the streets. In three, a plastic cutlery set for all the family. In four, enjoy a sofa in the garden. In five, it's a nice a, box set it's with a, a speedboat. Yeah, sorry, sorry, a burr, 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 Sorry, I'm going to have to show you what you would have won. It's fucking speedboat. <laughs> Come and have a look at what you could have won. But if they do win, it's like here you go. What is it? It's a deck chair. It was, yeah, they never won it, did they? I love nice that. Nice one. I enjoyed that. That was um, 1981, the first ever episode of Only Fools and Horses. Whoa. Was it really? Yep. The, the early ones were good, weren't they? I like the dad in the original one. The granddad. With the big white beard? No, he was the second one. He was the later was one. He? he was the uncle from the Navy. The oh, first one was yes, like, all right, no, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like a real whinger. 1981, the first ever episode of Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse. Were you too old for Danger Mouse? No. Um, Nine years old? Uh, no, not really. Danger Mouse and um, listen to Danger Mouse. Who was his sidekick? Whose voice was David Jason from Only Fools and Horses. David Jason, you're mm. right. He was having a good year, David. 1981, the first ever episode of a TV programme about a rural postman. The most exciting thing in his backstory was that he had a black and white cat. Mm. Do you know what they call Postman Pat? What's, what's, what's Postman Pat going to be called when he retires? Pat. Pat. Hmm. Postman Pat, Postman Pat, Postman Pat ran over his cat. 
Early in the morning. I don't know. I never actually used to watch it. I think I was just past post from back then. Uh, 1981, MTV is launched. That was my generation. The first video to play. I was, that's my question to you. Boom, For 10 boom, points. Video killed the radio star. I think followed by Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. I think. It always seems to be on. Yeah, but Buggles. Video killed the radio star in my heart. And I love it. My boys were playing that to me the other day. They go, oh, you can listen to this. It's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, this is good. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, finally, on the 27th of July, 1981, just two days before the marriage of Prince Charles uh, and Lady uh, Diana, Diana Spencer. Yeah. Wishy-washy Coronation Street intellectual Ken Barlow <laughs> married Deirdre, Deirdre Langdon with a perm before an audience of 15 million people. And how many watched the royal wedding? So there is apparently there's a bit of a uh, urban myth that more people watched Ken and Deirdre than watched Charles and Diana. Mm. Um, 15 million people watched Ken and Deirdre and uh, apparently it was about 29 watched the royal couple. I remember. The happy yeah. couple honeymooned in Corfu, by the way. In Corfu. Yeah, no, not, not, Corfu. not Prince Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Deirdre. Oh, I was going to say. Deirdre and Ken. I was going to say, that's a coincidence. Charles and Diana were there with Deirdre and Ken. Corfu. Is it, well, it could have been Benidorm. <laughs> that's, that's right. That would have been in the age of the joke. Um, what happened when Prince Charles tried to shag a princess? The Burton's balls on the exhaust pipe. Because that was a British car, the princess, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was another one, something about why is his dick blue? Because he put it in dye. Right. These, these are nine-year-old okay. jokes. Oh, these were playground jokes, were yeah, they? Yeah, okay. of, obviously of the era. Very um, mature. <sighs> Different times, then, the wasn't age. Um, 1981, we're going to look at an ad. <laughs> we're look at an ad for Lego, created by TBWA London. Um, the creative team were Mike Cozens and Graham Watson. Graham Watson, that name sounds familiar. Have we talked about Graham Watson before? We've talked about Mike Cozens before. Um, and Graham Watson, Alex, I'll what tell else? you that in a little bit. Oh, sorry, jumping ahead. No, no, no. This ad was a 45-second ad for Lego, and it ran in 1981 until 1983. And then Lego ran the ad again in 2008 as part of their 50th anniversary celebrations because... It is one of the, uh, it's one of apparently Britain's most favourited ads. Oh, favourited ads. Another, another Britain's favourite ad. Yes, so this came in at number 74 in the list of the top 100 ads compiled by Channel 4 in 2000. So how did you get to the British favourite ad? 74. Oh yeah, number 74. What else do you remember? I, I actually think that this is the British, one of the British advertising industry's favourite ads. I think Not it's... The people. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, yeah, okay. Because it's a good ad. Here's the audio for the ad. And I think we can agree that the quality reeks of 1981. In fact, this is exactly what 1981 sounded like. Everything had a bit of hiss in the background. Even the conversation in the pub. Although that might have been because of the fag smoke. Anyway, have a watch on our YouTube channel and see what state-of-the-art stop motion looked like in 1981. Here's the ad. You see... I was standing outside my mouse hole the other day, when all of a sudden, along comes this cat. So quick as a flash, I turned into a dog. A rough, rough. But the cat turned into a dragon. So I turned into a fire engine. How's that? <laughs> and then, and then he turned into a submarine. So I became a submarine-eating kipper. I said a kipper, not a slipper. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> but he turned into an anti-kipper ballistic missile. So I turned into a missile cruncher. Crunch, 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 crunch. Just in time to see him change into a very, very big elephant. So do you know what I did then? I turned back into a mouse and I could be afraid of his life. Just like that. <laughs> Do you want to take us through it? Do you want to um, help us visualise the ad, Tony? So we have something made out of Lego bricks. It's stop motion, um, a real stop motion. But I think the important thing to note is the voiceover. Because it was recorded just like that. Tommy Cooper did the voiceover, right? Did he? So he tells this story. Did Tommy Cooper do the voiceover? Did he? He did. Oh, this will, see? This, it's all oh, become apparent. Shit, now you're going to tell me Santa's not being in everything. <laughs> So, okay, I thought Tommy Cooper did it. So stop motion. So there's a dragon, and he, he comes up, and then, so he built a boat. And so the boat got away, and they all went into it. And so he tells a story, and the stop motion becomes this, and then builds this, and it talks about um, children's imagination and build build whatever you want to build, basically. It's hard to describe um, in some ways, but as the story's being told, a big fish came in, and he ate the man, and the man ran away into the car. And, and, and so all these things are being made. I think it's very clever. I actually remember the ad. Oh, okay. I thought it was, yeah, I do remember it, actually. I remember being around at Dean Marsh's house and watching it. I didn't remember any of the sort of words. I just remember the whole concept of it, for sure. So, as you say, it was, um, it's actually one of the very first uses of stop motion in advertising. Mike Cozens was the writer, and he was responsible for the Benson and Hedges work. Him and his partner, Graham Watson, did the Benson Hedges work at TBWA. I don't know if you remember, we had a very, very brief discussion of the Benson Hedges swimming pool at that Hugh Hudson shop in the Arizona desert with a load of dead iguanas. He was responsible for that. And he also did... Not many words on there. I don't think there's any words. But that's a a very old-fashioned way of looking at a writer, isn't it? They make coffee and everything now. Even the print work didn't have any words in it, I don't think. Do you remember there was a very, very famous and well-awarded press ad, which there's a packet of cigarettes in a, on a perch in a birdcage and projected in shadow on the wall yes. was a canary yes. or a parrot or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also a packet of fags outside a mouse-shaped hole in the skirting board. Um, I'm not but, really sure what the takeout was supposed to be. Um, I, fags I, as cheese. I, I fags as birds. So the, yeah, the canary. Like, we'll just you smoke and we'll test it. See I have if you no know. idea what the fuck was going on. Mm. No, I don't know. Uh, but that was. But I do remember that. Or do I? Or do I remember reading it in annuals? Or I, mm, I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, those Benson Hedges ads were very, 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 very well awarded. Because you only used to see the B and H lit up on the pack. That was the, that was the logo and everything. There's a nice little spotlight on oh, there. There's some, there's the some very strange ones. There was one where which was a um, another print job which was. Looked like it was set in a museum. There was a sleeping guard next to a big picture of a packet of fags. It was dead. And then next to the guard was a massive fag. For the international listeners amongst you, <laughs> a fag is a cigarette. A butt is something you put in your mouth. Anyway, that's Mike Cozens. Cozens says that he wrote the, uh, this ad. He wrote it on his second day at TBWA mm-hmm. after him and Graham Watson had been poached by John Hegarty. So this is when they were still keen and wanting to impress and went to work yeah. before 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, Watson and Cozens ultimately became part of the five founding partners of BBH. It's interesting. So who would have been a young... So yeah, I would suspect that you had met Cozens and Graham Watson possibly. That's why you know Graham them. Watson sounds very familiar, yeah. I'd be embarrassed now if I had you, but yeah, it does sound very familiar. But there would have been young um, chaps at the time because I would have put money on this was um, made by a young dad or something. Because it's just, you know, 
of the of the vein. I suppose it's full Lego, isn't it? You're gonna. It's it's gonna well, Funny enough, that's a question that I want to ask you at the end about this. Let me give you some more rubbish trivia. This ad was directed by a bloke called Ken Turner via Clearwater Films, which is his own production company. In the 1960s, Ken had directed episodes of Captain Scarlet. Dum, 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 Captain Scarlet. Joe 90. Yep, my brother's favourite TV shows. And he worked as the AD on Thunderbirds. Yes, my lady. So he obviously had form. That, that's obviously why he was chosen, I guess, specifically to direct this ad, which is a stop motion ad. The model builder, so there, um, there is a guy um, on the credits for the job, as, and he's credited as the model builder. No, he's a bloke called David Lyle, who was at the time Lego UK's chief model builder. I was going to say, it would have to be someone yeah. from Lego, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's a whole... You know how we... we repeatedly talk about what a fucking shithole vipers that's the internet is mm. there's a lovely cozy little corner of the internet dedicated to david lyle oh really yeah he's got a fan club and everything because i know there was a when the, a few of the bad boys left lego they put out a book to show you how to make all the things they weren't allowed to show you when they were at lego like rubber band guns right like the sheet rubber bands and that yeah. sort of stuff and like all the bad stuff that lego said no we can't show you that so david lyle he built the models. This ad won gold at DNAD. Mm. Uh, Tommy Cooper was hired to do the voiceover. Thank you. See, I knew it was him. Tommy Cooper was hired to do the oh. voiceover. On the day, they couldn't get a readout of him. Why? Because he was pissed. <gasps> wow. um, without slandering the dead, Tommy cool. Cooper apparently had a, a very well-documented romance with Johnny Walker and... On that day, they literally couldn't get a read out of him. Well, he was so, so Tommy got paid for however long they gave him in the booth mm. to get through the script. And they said, thank you very much, and didn't use him. They used a bloke called Roger Kitter. Sorry, Tommy's pissed. Call Kitter. And apparently Tommy Cooper's agent at the time said, I could have told you to call Roger Kitter first. <laughs> But I thought we'd see whether we could get away with it. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, because so poor old Tommy Cooper had a bit of a. Um, but he got his dosh. I, I, he, Tommy got paid for the time he spent in the booth trying to do the read, but he didn't right. get paid for the. Um, the quick fit kitter came in, and sounded like it. It's interesting how well, I suppose you, Tommy Cooper obviously didn't have a say. It was his manager going, "Say okay, Tommy, we're, we're just going to get a man that sounds like you." These days, it'd be going, "You ain't the same stand like me." It'd be very difficult to say. Oh, that's not for me. Because but it's actually, a very good impression. Because it not only does he, he actually says the words, and there's also, ah, doesn't it? He actually it, he goes out to do a Mike Yarwood and, and actually appears to be that guy. So Roger Kitter got his break in TV, appearing on the show Who Do You Do with <laughs> Christ, we've been with there for Freddie, Freddie Starr. Him and Freddie Starr. Gerbils. And you'd recognise him from minor roles in <laughs> Go on. Birds of a Feather. Oh, yeah. Good night, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. The New Statesman. Oh, yeah. He also did voices for Spitting Image. Oh, really? But he's best known for his role as Captain Alberto Bertorelli in Allo Allo. Oh, really? Really? Yes. <laughs> I can't even remember any episodes now because they were so cringy bad. I don't remember which the captain is, but are you pissing under fleur? So um, the captain, Captain Alberto Bertorelli's catchphrases were... The beautiful lady. 
I kiss a hand. That was one of his catchphrases. Mm-hmm. He replaced the salute Heil Hitler with <laughs> Heil Mussolini. Oh, nice. And when things went wrong, apparently he would say, oh, what a mistake to make. One of his most famous lines comes when he's asked when uh, where he got his medals. And he says, the first row are for service in Abyssinia. The second row are for service in North Africa. The third row are for servicing fiats. I, I, I hope the book's still alive, but could, could you imagine his, his, his funeral, his eulogy, and people going, he was known for these lines, like, this is like just a dead one. The third row are for servicing fiats. Wow. Yeah. Um, his other claim to fame was that he was on half of a duo with a bloke called Kaplan K, who sang a song called Chalk Dust. Chalk Dust. The Umpire Strikes Back, which was a novelty song about tennis, tennis player McEnroe. John McEnroe, mm. which got to number 19 in the UK singles chart in 1982. Up two places to 19 is Chalk Dust. Oh my goodness me, what a song. but he'd be forever known as the bloke who impersonated Tommy Cooper in an ad for Lego. I mean, I'm sure that if it was one of Britain's favourite ads, it was loved because they think it's Tommy Cooper. So, Frankly, I'm never going to buy a Lego brick again. So 95% of the internet thinks that that ad is voiced by Tommy Cooper. Well, because it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. Sean Connery, brother. Legend has it, Sean Connery's brother did an ad for whiskey and sounded a bit like Sean, so Sean sued him. He wasn't very funny anyway, was he? So this ad features um, David Lyle, the model builder, mm. obviously spent a huge amount of time mm. helping them with the stop motion. 1.5 million bricks. And it's incredible. How long did it take? Not sure. There's not a lot of information kicking around mm. about the production. Let go, yeah. But the ad is, to me, is very, very interesting in that. Um, this is never good. <laughs> Someone said, what do you think is idea? Well, I think your idea is very, very interesting. No, I think it's really good. Mm. I think the ad's brilliant. Mm. In fact, so if you haven't seen it, the product is in every frame of the shot. Mm. Yeah. The, it doesn't tell you that you should purchase the product. It doesn't tell you what the product is. It's, uh, there's no mention of the, of the product. Um, it doesn't advertise a specific product. There is a super on the end which says that you can buy Lego with prices starting at 82p. 82p. My memory of, of Lego when I was a kid is mm. that you get a, you just get a box. Oh yeah, you do that rustic. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Whereas now, if you go and buy Lego, you buy kits. Don't you? you buy a Star Wars kit or you buy a? We do. Yeah, my boys are and and for the first day or two once they build it, then they all end up in the box. Yeah. So I think the idea, you know, nowadays is you buy, 
you buy the kits, you build the model, yeah. and like you say, within a couple of days, yeah. it's all in bits and it's been used to recreate yeah. something else. The ad shows the versatility of Lego, doesn't it? It's a product demo from beginning to end. I think it's, it's yeah. very clever. The, and then my question to you was, is this ad for children or is it for parents? Well, because there are some intricacies to the script that might suggest, might give you a hint. Look, I mean, it's it's on TV, so parents are watching it because there's nothing else to do. But it's not that there's nothing else. You know what I mean? It's like you couldn't go outside from, no. <laughs> from the end of September until, until Easter. No, but, you know, it was that family time when everyone used to sit down at specific times to watch shows, and they don't obviously do that anymore. Yep. So when it's for kids, it's for adults. And it was probably a Saturday morning during Swap Shop kind of thing. I would say it was for the kids because it shows the fun and versatility and you can do it. I'm going to keep having to do his voice all the way through. <sighs> right? It's not like... That was Al Pacino. <laughs> what do you got? Son, other woman. Ah. It's actually... Who's this? It's not. It's Al Cooper. <laughs> it's like... It's, it's a kipper. It's like the uh, Northern John Wayne. It smells like a kipper. Why? Yeah, you bugger. But the kids watch it. For the, so if it was today, it would be for the parents to say, hey, parents, you know, there's something tactile and versatile and not plug in, and it doesn't have to plug in to, to entertain your kids. It would be more for the parents today. But I think it was um, very much for kids, except for the 82p bit on the end. I don't know. I can't remember. Was 82 pence a lot? I don't know it was up north. My theory, just to be um, you know, counterintuitive, is I think it's for parents. Mm. That's why it doesn't mention the product. That's why it doesn't... But you say it doesn't mention the product. The product's in it from beginning to end. Yeah, but it doesn't specifically say what you need to do is to go down to John Lewis and buy a Lego set. What it's doing is talking to parents about middle-class angst. What it's saying to... No, what it's saying to... What it's saying to... This is an advert for imagination, right? It's about the power of imagination. Tommy Cooper tells... Well, Tommy doesn't, but yeah. Tommy Cooper tells us a lovely story about the power of imagination. And my theory is that it doesn't actually make you want to go out and buy the product. What it makes you want to do is to go out and build a submarine-eating kipper, which is... About stopping Marathon. children watching TV, which is really? which is um, interesting enough. What they're doing while they're watching the ad? It's a middle class fantasy. Put your keys in the, into the glass bowl. Oh, come on, <laughs> um, uh, here's a kid. You've been talking I've to your mum again, haven't you? <laughs> I've had her. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think you might be reading a bit too much into it. I think the whole stopping watching TV. I think it just shows versatility and the fact that it, they're not going to get bored of it the next day. Because also, you've got to remember, there was no competitor, except for, I can think of stickle bricks, which were very different. Only in the last few years, there's a Chinese copy um, or Chinese brick system that apparently has been managed to be patented, but it's not real. Um, that it's very similar to Lego because, of course, they had that copyright for such a long time. You weren't going to go and get something else, were you? I think other fads came and went, and it just shows all the things you can make. So, you know, the submarine-eating kipper probably took about 50 bags of 82 pence. So it meant just, like, buy more coloured bricks and you can make more things. That was what the big sell was, I think. It was probably run around Christmas time, some holidays maybe. I don't think it was a – it was probably a very, you know – because it's not uh, really a sort of planned purchase. You go, oh, I'll go and buy the new Lego bricks in February, you know. It's like see them, kids hang around doing nothing. That's what I think. I don't know. I'm I'm analysing it now and I didn't want to because it was just a fun ad, which is a product demo, the best demo. I mean, it's it's basically, you know, what – what the Lego builder, the master builder built was all the things in your in a kid's imagination that he'd love to build, but wouldn't know where to start. You know, it's always difficult, isn't it? Looking back, looking back so long and forty, it was forty years ago. Mm. 
Lego is a kind of global uh, a global monster now. I looked up. Well, nearly went, didn't it? Nearly, they nearly, nearly went, um, nearly went under, and they reinvented themselves. And last year, they turned over four point six billion pounds, and they made one point three billion pounds profit on that. So it's twenty five percent, give or take, and it's owned by one family. The, the Legos. I've been to Legoland. Like, you've been to the Legoland in Windsor or the one in... The one in San Diego. Get you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, San Diego, you know, like Van Gogh. It's San Diego in Denmark. No, it's um no, it's just like lots of roller coasters which were sort of themed in the Robotechnic Lego and, yeah, the occasional thing like, who's the polar bear? Took like, you know, five years to build and made out of three million bricks. Ooh. They're all glued so you can't pick them off. Tried. Because it's also... It breaks the, the, the age barriers, doesn't it? Because young kids can play it. Then they had technical um, Lego for the older kids and the dads. But Meccano. Meccano, yeah. Meccano was, was, was the IBM. Lego was the Apple. If you're doing Meccano, you'd also have one of those little steam engines where you put a little fire brick and lit it. And it'd go, but there's, you know, like you could have the boxes under your bed and you'd hear that. And once you got into it, you start building it. It seems like a great idea. And then, you know, the wall would fall. I mean, James May did a great show, right? Where they built a whole house full of Lego and like everything. And then the stairs started to crack. I think he also tried to, um, uh, to cover the whole, um, what, what, what did I say last word? The Nuremberg, Nuremberg ring. Nuremberg ring. Um, in Lego or something as well. It's something crazy. Right. Yeah. But so it's, 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 you know, it's universal. I don't know what my point is, but there was nothing else to take. You know, it's not like it was competing against anything except fucking stickle bricks. <laughs> I thought it was a middle-class fantasy, personally. Well, it may be. It may be. I mean, yeah. Did you see that in colour? Uh, yes. <laughs> Fuck off. Go <laughs> you. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked straight into that one, didn't I? Oh, dear. Why yeah. me? Okay, talk to me. Uh, give me marks out of five, then, for the brand on that ad and explain to me. I know you're going to give it five. No, I'm not. You're not going to give it five? No, I'm not okay. going to give it five. Because you just... Well, I wasn't. I would have. Now, you know, you, you burst my bubble that's not Tommy Cooper, so just like principle, um, I'm going to remove some of the points just like that. Sorry, just on that, um, uh, just talk about Tommy Cooper again. Mm. Let's assume that everybody thinks it's Tommy Cooper. Why Tommy Cooper and not um, a generic voiceover artist? What does, what does Tommy bring to the party? Because that was a, What does Tommy bring to the party it? if you're eight years old or nine mm-hmm. years old? Because that was his thing, wasn't it? He could magic stuff. He, he had his little fez on and he'd do... Oh, I don't give a shit if I'm nine years old. Just like that. I don't watch Tommy Cooper if I'm nine years old. Yeah, but the parents do. Okay, here's your point on Roy. Right, but he had a... Yeah, but even like, you know... The kids would have known about it with his fez and... Yeah, I, I don't know, but that's what he did. He used to magic stuff up just like that. And that's why it was important because if Tommy was pissed, they could have just used a different voiceover. Or some Lego. Some Kepper. I like Keppers. Tommy says, Keppers again. Does that ad work without Tommy Cooper? I'm just trying to demo. Keppers and Shepard. No, it doesn't work with no, it does. no, I mean, if it, if, it, if it was a typical one of, um, and here's a, a, a Kipper eating submarine, which would have been the usual voiceover around that time. No, I don't think it, it wouldn't work without him because his. His intonation is just everything up and down and is, is very much how the stop motion's being built as well. You know, build it up, collapse it. I mean, that's it's, his, that's it's, a, sort of his flow. Yeah, it's a good, I mean, it's a good read, but it's not, I, I would suggest that you could you could have got the same read out of the bloke that was presenting Jack and Ori, or you could have got the same read out of anybody from uh, Blue, off Blue uh, Peter. Uh, all right, you know, Bergerac. Magpie. No, it's Magpie. Good God. So you're saying you don't think the guy from Jack and Ori or uh, Peter Purvis could have pulled that off? Okay, I mean, just imagine it. It would have been... It, no, I, I don't think you'd have had the frivolity and the fun. 
the bloke from Jack and Ori had done it, all the children would have known who it was. And they'd all been asleep by the end of it, wouldn't they? <laughs> okay, talk to me. Brand, give me give me a score. What do you um, reckon? 4.7. Because, you know, when you talk about brand, it's, it's to say, okay, what's this doing for the brand? You know, the recall of it. It's a bit of a no-brainer because you could literally put a Lego brick on the screen for 30 seconds and people go, oh, it's Lego. Sure. Now I'm going to get it confused with stickle bricks. I wonder how many times I've mentioned stickle bricks. <laughs> stickle bricks, stickle bricks. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a no-brainer. But, you know, to show as a product demonstration, I think, you know, which is the next bit, the creativity bit, right? We normally do craft next. Craft. At that time, I love the fact that it is stop motion. Because if you were going to do that today, you wouldn't do a stop motion. You make, you do it digitally and try and make it look like it's stop motion. It's great that the uh, the... Headmaster Lego Brick Boy came in. David Lyle. David Lyle. Yeah. I think that's good because obviously, and, and so it's good, but in some ways it's a shame because they're saying, hey, kids, use your imagination. But if we do it, we have to have a professional because it's not that easy. Craft, mm, 4.8. Clearwater Films, a production company, mm. um, when Ken Turner was directing, went on to produce Thomas Tank Engine. Oh, Anthony Thomas. Okay. Famously originally narrated by Ringo. Is it <laughs> Ringo, are you the best drummer in the world? I'm not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> um, and then said Thomas, here comes a fat controller. Get off a fucking train! <laughs> um, written by Vicar, wasn't it? Casting. Oh, well, I know there's not a huge amount to cast. I well, know you've been disappointed. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, so casting, I would have given it a, a, you know, hit it out of the park. But... Now I know. Does it matter? I mean, he sounds. Be, well, you, I'm, I'm assuming that as part of your research, you have watched this ad two or three times yeah. before we sat down. Yeah. And at no stage did you ever think to yourself, that is not Tommy Cooper. No, because he, he says the catchphrases. So, so why wouldn't you? But, so, and but because so, it's not, it's like saying, um, yeah, it's like, okay, I'm going to have so George peaked, Michael coming to play at so the party. You, you're going to penalise this ad because you've peeked behind the curtain and you've seen. Uh, Roger Keeter and right, not one Tommy Cooper. It's your birthday. It's your, it's your 60th or whatever. We're a big one. We're going to get Wham. Oh, Wham, brilliant. Okay. Andrew Ridgely turns up. It's Wham, but it's not really going to wake you up before you go, though, is it? It's, it's, it's sort of Tommy Cooper, but it's not. So it's, you know, you can say, yeah, Wham came to my birthday. I'm astonished by the hypocrisy of what you're saying. Why? Because you didn't know wrong with it Andrew wasn't Richard. Tommy Cooper. No, I know. Until I told you. Until and you then told suddenly, me. what was a five-star casting is now you're going to go... But I also oh, didn't know the agency and I was looking at as a consumer. But if we're giving creative you know, scores for agency, you know, isn't that the whole point of this? <laughs> okay, go no, on. No, because we actually know a bit about behind the <laughs> scenes. So it's like... What's your casting? What are you going to give it? Well, nothing really. I'll give him the time he got him in the booth. I mean, he's a good sound alike, I suppose, but... <laughs> Sport my drink. Right. Your little face—it's all crumpled yeah. up because I don't it's even not like Tommy Cooper, Cooper, to be honest. I mean, it's not—it's not like I'm not like a big, you know, good word, baby, Andy Cooper, right? But Lego, splash it all over. I, yeah, I don't know. But, um, I, I, I don't know. It's burst my bubble now, and they get a two. You know, because really? there's two people who are supposed to be one. They get a small oh, score. They get a mini. Cooper. I can't believe that. No. this this ad was on oh. ta- on ta- right on bang on target to be in the right up at the top of the stuff that we've reviewed. Now this might sound and you just pissed. this might sound hypocritical, but they're fooling a nation because I'm telling you, all those Brits are going. Oh, remember that logo ad, Tommy Cooper? If they knew it wasn't and it was Tricky Dicky Kitty, they'd go, "Don't like it. Never buy Lego again." Where's the stickle bricks? I tell you, it's fooling the British public. Hmm. No. See, if I watch Spitting Image, I know it's a fake voice, but 
that's someone like pretending to be. It's like, you know, your dad's left or something and someone's going, it's me on the phone, it's your dad. And it's not. And you go, hmm. Th- I think I've been talking to my dad for like 10 years, but he's been in the nick or something. I just should be getting paid to listen to this. This no. is like the stuff that you should be telling your psychotherapist. Yeah. Two she, points for casting. You just, okay, gosh, mm. there's a massive amount of bitter, bitterness in that. Creativity then. So Mike Cozens and Graham Watson sat down, second day at TBWA, and they pulled that out of their arse. I don't think they did. I think they pulled it out of their bag because the last agency they were at wouldn't buy it. Um, maybe, I don't know. Um, I think creativity is great. I think it's, it's a good story. It's funny, I've watched it several times, and until you mentioned the, the kipper-eating submarine, um, I didn't remember that line. But I remember just a whole sort of festival of stuff happening. You know what I mean? It's like there's nothing specific. I remember it being a, a windy, twisty, fun story. Nothing sticks in my mind. It's actually circular. The script is circular, isn't it? If you look at it, it comes completely back to where it started. Creativity. Out of five. Out of five. That's going to be five. If only just for the creativity on the credits. How they fooled the British public. Nice one, Graham. The the casting thing has killed that in terms of the, the ratings. That gets a very... Mediocre 16.5. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> because, Make your little you know, when we talked life. about it the other day, you know, and that other person we were chatting with, he said, oh, yeah, Tommy Cooper did it. Yeah, Tommy Cooper did it. Yeah, it's Dad. No, sorry, Dad's gone. Sorry, he's not your real uncle. He's all comes down to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's like a whole little fucking soap opera displayed out there. I don't know. I, didn't, I wasn't even a big fan of Tommy Cooper per se, but it all worked very well. I'd just love to see what you thought of that ad with different voiceovers. I'm not celebrity voiceovers, although I am available. And right? the, you know, for me, the, the key question about that ad is, is it for children or is it for parents? And in my mind, 110%, that is aimed at parents. Uh, and that's why they've got Tommy Cooper, because the... Well, they haven't. They've got Tommy. They've got, it's, you know, fake Tommy or whatever he is. And if you're nine years old, you don't give a rat's ass who the voiceover is. No, but it was a funny voiceover. It was like a, yeah, it was a, it was a comedian. You, you know, you could have done the softly, softly Jack. Yeah, Every voiceover around that time was, you know, why don't you build a, a kipper reading submarine? I do. That's what it would have <laughs> I been. I didn't realise that Leslie Phillips voiced over every no, hello. <laughs> I wanted to get you, but I wouldn't let go. <laughs> Uh, you're all cool. uh, <laughs> come on <laughs> that's to me that is why uh, fake Tommy Cooper did the voiceover Tommy Blooper it's because it's a recognisable voice it is a recognisable voice dad yeah. who've been watching the variety um, the Royal Variety performance not that one let's just say it's for both visuals for the kids voiceover for the parents have you ever had Lego injury stuff up your nose in your mouth swallowed it in your ear I've, up your I've ass? had the uh Classic standing on a Lego injury oh, in bare feet. Do you know what? Was it uh, my sense uh, thinks that should be used during wartime? Um, <laughs> that they should like, sprinkle Lego. It's the worst thing. If, you, if um, the right piece of Lego, even if you're wearing shoes, you can turn your ankle on the right piece of Lego. Oh, but it's six but, by four brick. But, oh. if, but if you're in bare feet, there is nothing worse no. than walking on no, a Lego. It, yeah, it's horrible. They said it should be used as a terrorist weapon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.